It's time for the big conversations, telling stories of movers and shakers, of industry giants and daring professionals. It's time for the conversations that change your perspective on life, the kind of conversations that shape entrepreneurs and move careers forward. If you don't know where these conversations are found, we are sending you a GPS. But if you're listening to this voice right now, you are here. Welcome to the Growth Podcast. This is the GPS. Welcome to another exciting edition of the Growth Podcast. Uh, we keep having um, conversations that matter, conversations around growth. Um, we're doing the same this week. Um, thank you so much for the people that are new. Uh, if you've been around, obviously, I'm assuming you're already subscribed uh, to the podcast. We are very happy to have you. If this is your first time here, and what a guest to have for your first time. Um, today on the podcast, we're talking to someone who has been um, doing music in Zambia for the last 20 years. Yeah. So a kid that was born the time he started music is like what first year of university or something, even second year. Um, that's a whole for others, it's a whole lifetime. Um, his music has outlived some lives. His music has outlived other people's careers. They came and failed, and he still um, is in music. And I am talking about General Ozzy. Welcome to the Growth Podcast. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Uh, it's good to have you on the podcast. Happy to be here. Yeah, uh, we have a lot to, to to dissect. But first of all, I've got some icebreaker questions here. Um, I've got a number of cards, a lot of cards. Okay. Um, but I'm going to ask you to pick um, just just four. Four? Just four. Yeah, in fact, yeah, just <clears> four. <throat> Don't look at them. Just pick any four. What's on these cards? There are questions. <laughs> there are questions on those cards. Can I shuffle them? Yeah, you can. Please. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why our parents used to think cards were, were, were bad. Yeah, you know, like... like I, I think that's what they were gambling. I don't know. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, so I think uh, you start gambling see. in the future so or something. one. I'll pick one from the bottom. Pick another one from the middle. And uh, let's see. And I'll, I'll, I'll allow you to pick one for me. Okay, I'll pick this one. Okay, you said okay. four, right? Yes, that's So cool. there we go. Okay. So okay. each question, each card is a question. Okay. Just ask the question and then, yeah, we, we kick it up. Okay, let's go with the first one. Okay, so it says, if people came with a warning label, what would what would yours say? If you had like a label on your forehead, or on my forehead, yeah, like a warning label. Oof. Um, approach carefully, <laughs> and the reason would be, um, I think. The reason would simply be uh, at the point at which I've reached. Um, I'm no longer a teenager. I'm somebody who's already in my 40s. And whatever it is that I have to do now um, just will shape who I'm going to be for the rest of my life. So um, don't come through with ideas or visions that will probably try and take me back 20 years behind it's probably something that has to build me into or shape i'm already shaped but it has to deal with my growth all right interesting yeah, yeah. card number two card number two let me bring that one in front what do people say you can't do that you are sure 
you could if you really tried. What do people say you can't do? Ah, what do I... What do people say you can't do? Um, there's a point when people said um, I couldn't do music and I could not achieve all the heights that I've gotten to. And my answer was, let me show you my actions. And I wanted to just show people what I could achieve. So I think that has been my mantle as well. Um, I'll let people, because people have their opinions about you in life and what they think your limits are on what you can do. But that should not what should dictate what your life should be. So I always leave it that way. Okay, number three. Number three, if you were given a year to live, what would you stop doing and what would you start? <sighs> okay, if you're given a year to leave, what would you stop doing? Um, I probably want to spend more time with those that are really close to me so that um, those few months, those 12 months that I have on earth uh, will be memorable to those that are really personal. Uh, to those that are really, really close to me. I would want them to be just, you know, really sentimental. So I think that's what, that's what, that's what it would be. So I'll try and stay away from just um, random people, even just those people. Sometimes it's people that we find ourselves just trying to impress for the wrong reasons. So I'll just try and spend time with my loved ones. Okay, cool. I'll stop going for work, definitely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, card number four. If you could only leave your children one life lesson, what would it be? Mm. I've always believed that uh, do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. I've always believed that. That's from the Bible, and it resonates with me even in my everyday life. Um, there's things that I want to achieve. There's things that I would love to get. There's things I would love to, for people to do for me. So um, I believe that if you're kind to people, um, they will be kind to you. The world circles, goes around. So it's about what you do. If you do good, do good. Uh, good will come to you. And that's my lesson. That's the lesson I'll leave with them. All right. Yeah. Uh, what a good way to start. So 20 years in music. Yeah. Maybe you can give me a, like a convincing answer. What's with artists and the shades indoors? These, um, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm supposed to be wearing prescription uh, glasses. Glasses. I was supposed to have been wearing these uh, prescription glasses from like 10 years ago. But I've been stubborn, and one of my opticians told me, uh, your condition is not really that bad, but all you need to do is try and stay away from the bright lights, and uh, that will help your eyesight. So for me, it's not really about just the swag and the look. It's because I've got a real eye problem, 
Okay. Everybody, most of my siblings in my family wear spectacles. Um, recently, I think you saw Roberto showed off his specs. He's now wearing spectacles. Roberto is my young brother, for those that may not know. Uh, my mother wears spectacles. My late dad used to wear spectacles. Most of my siblings wear spectacles. So it's coming from that background. So we come from a background where... I think we've got a problem with our eyesight in the entire family. So it's a family thing. And for me, the sun affects me so much. And in here, in, in the studio, we've got bright lights that will probably affect my eyesight. So hence the sunglasses. Okay, I thought it was just a name. I mean, <laughs> just, just a thing, you know? No, like, I, yeah. I, okay. there's, a, there's a reason why I wear them all the time. You see me performing and you know that if you go and perform this lights that are flashing all over and stuff so those that have got sensitive eyes whatever you have to put on so for me that's that's what it is i'm still trying to delay the time when i'll start wearing specs <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where did the idea for the name general ozzy come from Oof. um from back in the day i just used to be known as ozzy that was like my you know it was my nickname and then when I got into secondary school, I used to be at a school called High Ridge High School in Cowboy. So big up to everybody that's from High Ridge High School in Cowboy. Um, I was head boy in my final year of uh, high school. Uh, and because of me being who I am and my character, uh, I was pretty hard on certain individuals. So they used to come from uh, the military base or ZAF base oh, or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So these guys used to feel like I was acting like I'm a general in that like army or something. In the army. And because I was head boy, so... And these were like my close buddies who I used to play basketball with and whatever. But when it came down to doing work at school, I had to put on a straight face and just be, you know, do my business. So guys started calling me, yeah, why much Tamangan do a general? Hey, hey, general, hey, general. And you know, like when you've got a name that, a nickname that you don't like. Sticks. <laughs> it kind of like sticks. So I kind of like earned that name and... Those are the only guys that knew me by that name and became famous around the school circles. And I, when I decided I was going to do music, the people that knew me first were the circle that was around me, which was my friends, which were my friends. So I figured Ozzy, to me, Ozzy just felt like empty. It was like just Ozzy, like how can you just call yourself Ozzy? It's like Ozzy, General Ozzy, Ozzy the General. Like, okay, yeah, that sounds better. You know, like, yeah, it's got a ring to it. You know, like General Aussie. Like, yeah, I think people would take a look at that. You know, if you just say Aussie, it's like, but General Aussie to me just fit together nicely. So from day one, uh, I decided to call myself General Aussie. Like, okay, this is what I'm going to be calling myself. And that's how General Aussie came about. Okay, and, and music started in school? Music started from uh, my family. My mom has always been singing in uh, church choir. 
she's uh, she goes to RCZ. We call it Dutch, Kudach, Dutch, yeah, Dutch yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> and mom used to sing in the church choir. Even when we, before I was born, she was really active in that. And my dad used to play guitars and he used to be part of Tuma drama groups and whatever. So he'll be that guy who'd strum up the guitar, you know what I mean, for the musicals and stuff. So music was always prevalent in our in our home. It was always there. So I think even when I decided I was going to do music, it didn't come as a surprise to most of my family members because I think that music bag has always been there just even as I was growing up. It came through. So even when I decided I was going to, okay, get into this and do that. I think there was already a source, like, okay, oh, and you know how in up, up, up growing up in our families, how it is, uh, African tradition, they always want to refer this child, because of this and whatever. And for me, I think that was the case. It was like, okay, yeah, I think music comes from the mother their father, Wakonda music, whatever. So it was easy for me to actually tap into that and take advantage of that because I was like, hey, hey, it's because of you. You know, that's why I'm doing this. So that is something that I believe just runs in the family. Okay. So it's one thing to do music, but another thing to do music on a commercial basis. Yeah. Um, how did you begin the commercial music? Like, what was your first song that actually, you know, went out? Um... Let me just take you back a little. Um, when I was still in high school, um, we used to do, I don't know, I think a lot of people that were in my generation from my era, I completed in 99. We used to have a lot of variety shows, yeah. beauty pageants and whatever. And they would, at those events, that's when some of us that were in school would probably want to show off our talent as well. You know, we couldn't afford to hire an artist to come and perform. So they would use what they have at school. So that's where me and a couple of friends of mine would actually perform, have like a 10 minutes or five minutes to perform a song over somebody's instrumental. And that's where it all started. So that was in Cowboy and I would perform with friends. Like I had a friend called uh, Chaco Mwendapole who was like my closest friend. So we used to write compositions and would use different instrumentals. Um, and that's where we start, that's where it all started. So uh, from there, we first made a demo. Um, and it so happened, that was in our final year uh, in school. Uh, so there was a show that was coming on Radio Phoenix. And if you go back in time, Radio Phoenix was the first private radio station that came into Zambia after, because we used to just have the local national media, which is ZNBC. So Radio Phoenix, there was a gentleman called K-Smash who was uh, running a show called Hot Demo Action. So... Me and my friends, we had a friend of ours called uh, Zidoski. He was like our manager, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I can get you. We can get 
studio equipment and record. So we recorded a demo. Uh, to us, was this was like, this is the, the real thing, you know. And we recorded something, me and my friend Chaco, uh, for Hot Demo Action. We recorded something and we sent it over to Radio Phoenix at the time. And the gentleman who was running the show, K-Smash, received the demo. And I think he used to receive a lot of demos. So we're told, okay, you, we'll play your demo on this particular day. And we'll do an artist feature. And we'll have a telephone interview. So we had a telephone interview. We're told, okay, we'll call you at such a time. Uh, just give us a phone number that we could use to call you and reach you. So... You know, in the background, oh, guys, so muli ready? Will you go on at such a time? <laughs> Whatever. So we were ready and anxious. You know, I'm in grade 12. And, you know, tune in, tune in to Radio Phoenix. You know, we're going to be on radio. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And we did it. The following week, we're stars in, in school. You know, so it started from there. That's the very first time I had my composition being played on radio. And most of the people that heard that were like, you know what? I think you guys got something and try and push. And of course, we did that. We had to concentrate on exams that were coming up. Uh, was, once we completed, I think... You know, when you complete your education, oh, you're not thinking how many marks. Oh, yeah. And my my friend went off to CBU. Um, I could not manage to get myself into uni or college. So I stayed back. I was just like, okay, now, Tizimu Society. You know, there's that thing when you complete your grade 12, like, oh, Tizimu Society, man. Oh, that's the point. A year went by. And what am I going to do? You know what I mean? And my mom could not manage to get me into uni. She couldn't manage. She had already retired from education and uh, from, 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 her, from her job. So my closest passion was playing basketball and music. So I just used to spend most of my time on the basketball court playing basketball, basketball, basketball. But there was still that music passion that I had. And I continued with my compositions. I was just like by myself now. So I had to look at what I was going to do. And there was just this pressure from family. Like, oh, what are you going to do? Hey, I stop you to, hey, this and that. And my late uncle, who's uh, relatives with my mom, wanted me to go into Zambia Air Force because he was a colonel there. So he said, you know what? I'm going to enroll you into the Zambia Air Force so that you can get into the Air Force. You know, we come from a society where your elders tell you what you're going to do. You know, it's like yeah. you don't have really a choice. So I was like, okay, fine, we'll do it. So the weekend before I was supposed to travel to Lusaka from Kabwe to come for uh, my training here, uh, for go to go through for that, I was on the basketball court playing and then I injured myself on my knee. I fell badly, injured myself. I couldn't walk. They had to put a cast on my knee. And 
when my uncle expected me to be in Lusaka, I couldn't. So he really was like pissed. He was mad at me, like really, really like mad. Like, you're not serious, man. Like none of that pays you well, doesn't even whatever. Because at the time now I was playing for uh, a basketball team called Cowboy Cats. And we're not really getting paid for that. You know, it was just for the passion. So he was really mad with me. Like, okay, whatever. And after that, I figured, okay, what am I going to do with my life? All my friends are either in uni or in college or they're doing something. And during that same period, I really pushed myself into trying to push my music. And I did a number of uh, auditions. I came to Lusaka. At the time, there was a label called Nexus, which the Nexus you have today had started back in the day. I came for a number of auditions, failed. I think I even went to movie TV at the time, movie studios, and I didn't get anything, um, you know, and it was frustrating. I was trying my best, trying to push, get into the industry, like, okay, you know, this is my thing. And I started working at a barber shop, you know, uh, one of the barber shops, one of the barber shop in Cowboy. And it wasn't paying well, but I figured, okay, you know what? From this, I enrolled myself into uh, college. Uh, there are those long distance um, programs that you, University of Zambia offers. Yeah. Um, I started doing marketing, sales and marketing, and I started doing that. That's what I got into. And thank you, thank God, you know, I graduated with like a credit, <laughs> you know, it was something. I had something, but it didn't take me anywhere. You know, I was still right there. You know, I'm like, you go here, you try and apply for a job. It's just a diploma. You know, I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, and you see your friends moving up, they're doing something. And... I kept pushing. I kept pushing. So there's a gentleman uh, in Kabwe who, by the name of uh, Stan Kasengo, who runs a place called Brimas or Go Disney there. Uh, I went to see him. I used to be on his door every other single day. He's knocking. Boss, Deron Bako, just sponsorship. And I would sit there wait for him he's got all these things doing that he's doing and yeah no we'll sponsor you we'll sponsor you we'll sponsor you we'll sponsor you hey we'll sponsor you every other i think i did that for like a month i used to go to his office every day in the morning he'll tell me okay Samaira. i'll go there and i'll be there waiting the day will go by okay Samaira. just like that until one day, just, okay, I said, I want to go and record with TK. Roma side. Oh, really? Okay. But Chika is TK. He's the one who made the... You know what I mean? And he put me on a bus. I traveled to Lusaka. I came here and went to Roma side studios. Uh, and we made a song called Backstabber which I had written, I'd rehearsed like the whole month. I didn't need a paper to look at, to remember the lyrics, you know, they were just there. And I went there, recorded the song with TK, 
TK made the beat together with myself because I knew what I wanted. So we made the song. I remember TK going to take a shower after he made the beat. And MKV used to work with TK or used to live with TK at the time. And he told MKV, so they thought it would probably take like 30, 40 minutes or an hour. I was done in like 10 minutes because the lyrics were just like there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just after making the beat, he comes back, the song was done. He was like, damn, what's your name, blood? Ozzy, General Ozzy. Ah, this is some dope. You know what I mean? Like, ah, cool. Thank you. And that's it. You know what I mean? So I got that record, that single, and that's what I used to try and pitch my auditions. Because let it be known that back in the day, for you to kind of like get a deal or for you to work with a certain label, you had to go through auditions. And at the time we had record labels like Mondo Music, those movie. So you kind of like had to earn your spot for you to be signed to a record label or Nexus at the time. So when I came through onto the scene, that's what I was just trying to use. I would drop off my demo. I, I would burn CDs and drop them off with different record producers or, you know, label owners. So it was just at the time when Sling Beats was coming onto the scene. They had Chameleon. He was like blowing up. He was like the biggest thing happening. So I approached Sling Beats, you know, uh, through a friend of mine from Kabwe called Emmy Roots. I think most yeah. of you will remember him from, I am a fact, I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and Emmy Roots, I have to give him props because he's the one who made my very first um, demo. You know, the backstabber one, he's the one who made that. And it's the one that I would move around with to use, like, yo, get to listen to this. And it was just on a cassette. So he came with me to Lusaka. I wrote a song for him, and I featured on that song. So that's how we came to Sling Beats. And that was the first time I came to Sling Beats, and that's how I met the guys at Sling Beats and dropped off my demo. And it wasn't, like, just right there and then, like, oh, yeah, we like your stuff, so we're going to sign you up. It took a while after, you know, for me to kind of like get in with them. You know, it was like, oh, okay, you know, we've got a long list, you know, like this Tommy D, this Hamova, this Tattoo, this Mumpy, and there's that artist, and there's that, you know, there's Gasman, there's that guy. So I just didn't come in and they said, okay, yeah, let's start working with him. I kind of like had to prove myself, you know, and I just had to be there. And I had to travel from Cowboy all the time for me to be around them, to kind of like show my presence and say, you know what, you need me here. I need to be here, that type of thing. And I think when they realized like I have what it takes, they started taking me serious. And that's when things kind of like started moving for me. All right. And, and through all of that, um, how would you say like the money was because obviously like you've got parents you know you come from Cabo, you've got relatives and whatnot yeah and they've seen you take this route in music and they're expecting okay i mean now you're famous they know you they heard your song on radio and whatnot mm. how was the money like in the beginning i'll tell you what the first time when i started performing um i used to move and used to be a backing artist for chameleon 
Okay, remember Chameleon had Nadia Ndere, those big songs, you know, from his very first album, from the very first album. Uh, you know, those songs. So I used to be like backing artists, we used to move together. And for that, I used to get paid like 150 kwacha just to back up Chameleon when for he sure. goes for his show, for sure. You know, so we'd go like maybe on a Friday and we're on the copper belt. Maybe we'll start with Ndola, then we go to Kitwe and then come back to the Saga. So it means I've got like a 300 kwacha in my pocket. That's what I've made from my, you know, me backing up Chameleon. And this is like 2004 and I'm doing this. I'm equally working on my album and it was good because it... I wasn't looking at it from a monetary um, side. For me, it was about the experience and being uh, able to perform to a crowd that has come to watch Chameleon. So it was like trying to showcase my talent because it was basically about that. You know, I wanted to showcase what I had. Uh, apart from just being the guy who's, you know, on the side supporting this guy, it was about trying to showcase what I had. But at the same time, I was busy working on my my project as well. Okay. Your project that you're working on, what what what, what was your first hit? The first song from Sling Beats that we did that became a hit is a song called Osalida. Baby, Osalida. Ukunaya, Olokuta Impe, Okotwa Fumakuta Disana, Chibe Chibe. Yes, so that was like the very first single that we released, and that was in the summer of 2004. And I'm old, eh? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so that was when, when that song came out, it's, you know, like I remember going to a show called Smooth Talk. And performing that song, and I did an interview for the Post newspaper. They had a weekend edition that used to come out on um, the Friday. Weekend edition. Yeah. yeah that After that, it's like my career just changed. You know, it just that was it. Like it just took off. After that, it just took off. I was shocked, you know, because the acceptance from everybody was just like people calling me. You know, and it's playing. <laughs> It's at zero two. Somebody's going, you know, and it that's how it started off. It kicked off, and I figured, okay. How did Chameleon respond? Chameleon? Yeah, because you were his, because he's losing a guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, we continued working together. Uh, we continued, I continued supporting him because that was one, one way of me showcasing what I had coming up. And he was happy for me. You know, he was happy for me. I think he's one of those guys that's cool. He's a cool brother. And we're like, hey, man, dope record, man. Dope record. That's what's up. That's what's up. And we kept it going just like that until I knew I had to kind of like fall back because I was now going to be in his shadow. And if I wasn't going to move away from that, I was just going to be in his shadow forever. Okay, so now you are out there, they know you, you realize like, okay, my Jenchitika. And mm. then, yeah, what's the plan? What's the plan? Album. 
that was the first thing for me. I wanted to express myself through an album. Every artist out there wants to express their craft and what they want to say through an album. And it kind of like validates who you are. If you can release an album, and uh, we're talking about an era where you had Danny, Exile, JK. Chameleon, JK, MC Wabuino, Nasty D, you know, and these are household names. These are names that command respect. So it was about how am I equally going to command that respect? How am I going to be that artist that will people can say, we want to have him as part of that event, as part of this, uh, you know? So it really dawned on me that I had to really put in some serious work. And it's always been like that for me. Um, like I need to put together a project that will stand the test of time. And it became that. I think I was obsessed with the studio. I would work overnight. Um, those that have worked with me will, will tell you, you know, I, I would work overnight, leave the studio in the morning, go home and I'm sleeping. Uh, because would have Sling Beats was a studio that would accommodate clients, and most clients come through from morning until like eighteen, nineteen. So the studio was only free from like twenty until the following morning. So most of the artists would record those that were signed to the studio, unless they would close it off to, to have that artist. You know, like okay, now we have Chameleon; he's recording his project, so. We're not going to have clients coming through for the next two weeks. So it was like that. But for me, I would work right through the night and I would leave in the morning. So it dawned on me that I had to be serious and put together my act together because what I've been looking for is right here and it's do or die. You know what I mean? If I don't get this now, it means I'm going back to Calway in my mother's home yeah. <laughs> where I have to deal with you know cooking and doing the gardening <laughs> sweeping and being sent to the market to whatever you know it was that so who, who did you have on your on your first album and how, and how easy was it to get them on it i didn't have any big collaborations on my first album because even i remember trying to get chameleon on my first album to feature on it and dude never came through you know and that's why i asked you how did you respond when you yeah, he never came through for me. He never did, you know. I, I don't know whether I needed to prove myself, but to date, I still don't hold it against him. I think it helped me prove what I had. On your own. Everybody that featured on my album were upcoming artists. There's Hamora, there's Kanji, and there's Taitu. Uh, those are the people that featured on my project. So it's just the upcoming artists that were on the roster as well that featured in the project. And we did the, the album and I was cool with it. You know, I was content with what we had worked on. And when we released it, the world accepted it. How was the process of now getting acceptance from the giants in the industry? Because you said you found these guys. Mm -hmm. Here is a new guy, General Ozzy. You are doing your first album. And whatnot. How, was, how was it like now beginning to be recognized by the established guys? As this, this is one of us. I... I'm a very humble guy. I come from a humble beginning. And I remember doing events, uh, activation events for some companies. And 
I would be put together with big names. And I remember humbling myself. I remember very well walking up to Mr. MC Wabuino because he's somebody that I looked at. I was like, I love what he does. I want to be like him. And we're together at some event and I introduced myself. Oh, big man. I'm Ozzy. You know what I mean? And he was just like happy, so happy. No, come, come here. You know, and I felt accepted. I think, oh, okay. All I had to do was just humble myself and, uh, you know, introduce myself. He, he's one of the people that today I respect because of the way he just accommodated me because I walked up to him and said, you know what? I appreciate what you do. I appreciate what you've done. And then he asked me one question. <laughs> How much are you getting paid? And I said, I'm getting paid uh, one five. He said, okay. Aren't you going to ask me how much they pay me? I said, oh, I mean, that would be disrespectful, right? No, I'll tell you. And he told me, I'm getting paid 18,000 kwacha. I said, 18 million at the time. Wow. How did you get to that? You know? And that showed me, like, okay, I need to learn something from this man. You know, like, how did he get to that point? Of course, he's a legend, he's, but he's getting paid that much. And no, it's levels. You know, you, you get there, you get there, you know. And through that interaction, that acceptance, it was acceptance through me approaching him and being humble, humbling myself, I figured, okay, this is the only way I can probably learn more about the music industry if I associate myself with people that have been there, that have done it, and are still doing it, you know? And I knew I was still, like, what, 17,000 kwachas away from what he's doing, you know? But the fact that we're together performing at this event does not make put me at the same level as he is, you know? But here I am, this young guy who's trying to push, you know, and this big man here has embraced me and told me my record is hot, it's big, but that's not enough to get me paid what he's getting, you know? So it, it, it was a whole process. It's been a whole journey, and I've taken it step by step. That, that thing you mentioned, do you see it with the young musicians of today? the willingness to want to learn from people like you who've been in music 20 years? I don't see it, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I don't see it because there's... Um, unfortunately, we're living in an age where just because we've got YouTube, we've got some of the things, access on our phones, on our devices, and because... Who, who, who's, who's performing at this event? Oh, it's General Aussie. And who else? There's Artist X. Who's got the hottest song today? So they feel like we're on the same level. You know? 
And just simple conversations sometimes don't hurt, you know, just interaction. Hey, Bonji, Muniche, hey, what's going on? Hey, blah, 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 blah. If you are truly in it for the passion and you are trying to get to a certain destination, your focus is trying to be there. Even just a simple, so how did you pull off that whatever? Chenze Bwanj is enough. Somebody will open up. If they don't want to, they won't. If they do not want to have that conversation on that particular day, you can still ask for their phone number. It will just show how much you want to know about or you want to learn about the music industry. And for me, that has been what has kept me going because I know I have broken certain boundaries that those that came before me did not because I got knowledge from them. So it helps you as a young artist today be, to become a fully fledged artist and complete because you've got a knowledge from those that were there before you. Uh, and it does not show, it doesn't make you better than me just because you've got a hot record today that is everybody's vibing to or because it's become trendy and whatever. It doesn't help you. You know, you still need to be, you know, laid back and get to learn you haven't known yet about what goes on the ins and the, you know the everything there's a lot that you need to learn even when you start school in grade one it means it doesn't mean that wafika in grade 12 just because wapasa exam that they gave you it doesn't make you a graduate you know you still need to go through all those to get to uni and you, school doesn't end at grade 12 people going to college They'll get a diploma, a degree, PhD, or whatever, you know. So it's it's about that. Even in music circles, in the entertainment circles, it's like that. I like I like how you you you, you put it. Mm. The fact that you and I are performing at the same event does not mean now we're at the same level. No. And and you said that there were seventeen thousand quatches separating you and MC Wabwe. Yeah. Away from just the talent, mm. what do you think was the gap, for example? between you and him mm. that most young artists today won't see because what we see is ah if that company called me and him meaning we're, we're the same you yeah. know but there's a whole lot that goes to building a legacy in music yeah. Yeah. because obviously this, this there's one thing i've come to learn is some things when they come to you at a point where you're not ready they will not last mm -hmm. you get a point yeah right? like you have the time to have everything but because you don't have the mental attitude they won't last. Yeah. So as I'm now asking you, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. Away from just we're together, yes, at the same event, but Itana. Mm. But one is getting paid one five, mm -hmm. one is getting paid 18. 20p. Yeah, yeah. You get the point. <laughs> yeah. That obviously shows you there's a difference. Yeah. What, what is the difference? It's what you bring to the table. How you um There's, I think the best example I can give is we could be on the same team. You 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 play for Manchester United. You are Rashford, <laughs> and you are you know what I mean. You are the other guy. Rashford gets a certain payment. You know what I mean. And the other guy gets a certain amount. And it's because of what you bring to the table. It's what you bring to the table. It does not mean that you are inferior. No, 
um, people know what you've done, what you've earned, what you've put out there. They know. You, they, they, they know and they're not just going to say because you're whatever will give you this much. Um, everything moves in levels. And that's just how it is, even in our entertainment um, industry. People, just because you've got the biggest song today or you could be the most trending and whatever, does not call for you to say, I charge 20,000 kwacha, I charge 40,000 or 100,000 kwacha, you're going to pay me this for that. You could just have one song and the other person is bringing to you a whole catalog that is going to keep people on their feet for the next two hours. You know, it's that. And the respect as well. You know, people, you need to earn that. People will come through for you because they've earned, you've earned their respect. You know, it's about that, you know. And it's not just having one big, huge record that will make you say, oh, I'm charging that much because, yeah, we could give you that much, but what else are you bringing to the table? Are you just going to sing that one song the whole night? You know, is that what it is? So we need to be able to look at those things. Don't let just one song, two songs, three songs get your head and you think you're the most happening. You are this, you've reached, as we say at Nishwa, you know what I mean? What can you tell me? What, whatever. No, there's more. You know, people have got huge catalogs out there, and that's why um, people will say, I charge this much. And these companies that are hiring you will look at that. Okay, we can be able to have an event that will last us this long because this person, this is what they bring to the table. Even when you are going for a job today, they look at your CV, right? Your qualifications. Yeah. What do you bring to the table? <laughs> I yeah, mean, you, you know, have graduated best student, but yeah, exactly. you know what do you bring to the table? You know what I mean? Oh, Napasaja. Oh, Napasaja. I was the highest in my class for that. But what experience do you have as well? You know, so it it it's it's not just this kusai dukwamanchito. It also Applies comes down this way as well. So you realize that ah. MC Wabun, if I'm getting 18.5, I'm getting 1.5. Mm. You leave that event. Yeah. How does that affect your mind and how you conduct yourself? I got to work work hard. I got to work hard. I'm not going to get jealous. For me, the information that man has given me should actually be... That's what should be... Is going to just make me work harder so that I can equally get myself on that level. I'm not competing with him. I'm just trying to push my career to a level where people respect me to a point where when I say, this is how much you got to pay me, they know it's worth it. A lot of young people, um, not just in music or in the arts or in comedy, but also even in careers and businesses, there is this thing about everyone I see who's doing the same thing I am doing is competition. Mm. And so talk about collaboration is, is hardly there. Yeah. Yes, artists collaborate, they feature, you know. Yeah. But there's just that thing of I must do better than him, I must do better than him. Mm. How do you think that affects their prospects at growing where you see competition in everything? And I know you and I had a conversation before this where you mentioned that 
in the olden days, even I, now that I think about it, I, I never imagined. I never had Ozzy as beef with JK or Ozzy, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, yeah, it was, yeah. it was there like with Slap D and Mac too, but that was way after, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, your 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 time. How do you feel that affects the industry? The, the idea that you must, this one must, they must, let's find a verses for him, yeah. you know, because even now, new guy comes on board already, you know, yeah, he's competing with that one, yeah. Um, it, it makes me sad and it makes sad reading today that we have been taken to a level where it's about competition. I never thought we'd get to this point in our careers, you know, in this industry where it's about pitting people against each other. Um, it was unheard of in my era. Yes, it was about... Today, you go to Roma Side Studio where Exa was recording and where Funtike was recording, where Crisis was recording. You go there and you hear the new TK goes there and he plays you three, four songs that these guys are recording. Like, and I have th those songs on my album. I think I need to pull up my socks. It was about that. If those conversations were there, then they must have been in the background where somebody says, that one and that one, who's better? It never came out. It was about trying to push our industry to the next level. You know, like, did you listen to the project by artist Chite? You know, it was like, mm, that's a dope project. That's amazing. So-and-so is actually working on their project, if that's a DJ, you know what I mean? So-and-so is also working on the project. This is their single. We can't wait to hear what they have to offer. It puts kind of like some pressure on you to work hard because you know you have to level up. That's what it was. Whenever you come through and no DJ, or should I say radio presenter, would play your music, if it does not reach those levels. Radio had, I mean, it's uh, people that listen to radio are the biggest consumers of our music. And they make the choices on what they think should be played on radio, what they think is hot, what they think is not. And it will only make it to radio if it reaches a certain caliber. You know, it's of, of, it's of certain caliber and it's of a certain level. That's what it was. We never saw this. Oh, you Kari. Oh, you. No, you. This. And it makes sad because imagine if that's what we had. I was talking about this actually just the other day. Imagine if I felt like JK is whatever. I probably would have never worked with him, would have never created a song like Honor Mami. If I felt like. If Peterson felt, looked at me and said, ah, I'm better than him, would have never made Munyaule. But, and that's what's going to break our industry today because what I want to see is these same artists that call themselves big today work together. It helps our industry grow. It takes us up there. It shouldn't be about just what the fans are saying or the disciplinary committee are saying no let's forget about that close your ears to all those things you are creatives you're in the studio 
you know if I'm lacking here, I think the best person to probably compliment me here would be artist X. You know, collaborations like that help build our industry. They move, they move us from there to there because if I'm going to get an artist who I know is happening today and I know he can bring something that I don't have to this particular song and the masses are going to hear it, not only that, it's going to go out there. You know, we're pushing Zambia, not yourself. Exactly. What, what did you have to deal with in the last 20 years mm -hmm. in music? Not just you, but your peers as well at the time that you had to deal with that artists today will never even know about. Mm. They'll never experience it. The way we actually <laughs> uh, dropped off our promos, you know, uh, our music, we, we had to, when you have a single, you, you have an album coming out, before the album, the single, you have a single promoting your album, we had to sit down and burn CDs. And the guys at the studio will give you room, say, okay, uh, Ozzy, so we've got this Osalira single coming up. We've bought 500 CDs here. Let's burn these CDs. And you sit down there as the artist and start burning those CDs right through the night. Because in the morning, you have to get up and they'll give you a taxi driver and you start dropping off those CDs. So you have a list, okay? And that's not coming from the studio. I would have to do that myself. Like, okay, so on Radio Phoenix, how many DJs play Zambian music? Okay, there's that one, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. Okay, so there's five or so six. So we need to drop off five CDs at Radio Phoenix. We need to drop off X amount of CDs at ZNBC. Da 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 da. Whatever. And that also helped, I think, in interaction with the people that we're playing our music. Today, we don't have that because we've got the internet. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but there was that interaction. You know, you kind of like shared that little moment with whoever it is that plays that music, yeah. you know, like, oh, hey, oh hi, how you doing? Oh, so you're done, Danny. Okay, uh, so tell us about this project. There was a little bit of Did you ever that. have pride? Like, I can't take it myself. Uh, you guys, I want to go no. just, yeah. No. You have to go in person yourself. I was there in person with my manager at the time who was managing the studio, who's Charlie, you know what I mean? And he would, because that's who they know. They do not know probably the artist. Yeah. And he would just pull up, we'll pull up, oh, hey, we're here, blah, 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 blah. And oh, this is Aussie. And they want you to have that one-on-one -on -one with the radio presenters as well, you know? Okay. So familiarity as well created that relationship. You know, there's just something about you talking to somebody who will play your song as opposed to somebody who does not even know you, they've never met you. You know, they, they will not have something to say before they play the record, you know, because you can have that conversation. Oh, so, so what was your state of mind when composing? Oh, no, it was actually this. He can share that with his listeners or her okay. listeners, you know, and that's what we had to go through. And it wasn't just restricted to radio, clubs as well. So we had to go through and drop off CDs the whole the whole shebang. 
Um, yeah, it was fun because at least we got to see some of these places and you got to see the reaction firsthand. Sometimes you just give, I've been waiting, I've been looking for your song. And because there was no internet to download a song from, you know, and somebody would say, I've been looking for your record. And you drop it off, you get there, like, okay, just chill for a second. Let me try and play this record. You see the reaction and you'd see it firsthand. Okay, you know? yeah. that's interesting. Mm. And, and talk to me now about the fans. You know, how did you handle that? Because I don't think you're training for, okay, fame. Now someone sits you down and says, no, now mm. this is how you behave and you say, conduct yourself. How is it like? Oh, you know, like, <laughs> you move around with a hoodie. How, how is um, it? We don't have schools where they, they school you <laughs> on how to deal with fame. You know, so you just have to kind of like, okay. And you just have to vibe with it. But... Like for me, being the type of person that I am, people want to take a picture, people want to talk to you, people want to show you, tell you how much they love your song. You want to spend a few minutes and appreciate what they're telling you, how that song has impacted on their lives, you know? And it kind of like puts you in a certain space where you, understand like okay so this is how people are receiving my my work so i gotta treat myself like this so i gotta act that way i gotta do you know and you don't want to come out with such a big ego because these are the people that are consuming your your, your works so for me also that was a learning process and it's one thing that i, I feel like there's a void in our industry because we need to prep our artists, whoever it is that, um, if you're an artist out there, whoever it is that you're working with, you need to prep yourself for whatever comes your way, fame, failure, um, and everything that comes in between, because you need to know that when you create something or produce something, people will either receive it with both hands or they'll trash it. So you got to learn how to deal with all those things. In, in the 20 years, did you yeah. ever have a song that you record and you feel like this one is the one and then people don't like it? Yes. Which one was that? Definitely. Definitely. And uh, that's the other thing about, about, <laughs> about music. <laughs> you record a song. In your mind, this is the one. You release it and it's just lukewarm. Did you have like the opposite where you go like, ah, yeah, anyway, just release it. And then you're surprised. And I remember what? my very first, uh, we had released um, two singles on my promo. There was a song called Laka. One, two, what you gonna do? Ozia kumfela laka. For me, that was like, that's the one. You know what I mean? Like, because it had my name on it, you know, like, Ozia kumfela laka. I was like, okay, they're gonna fill this one. For me, that was the way. I was like, you know what? Let's just release that song in its entirety, just by itself. But people didn't really, really warm up to that song. They felt the other song, which was Osalida as a general, you know? So sometimes you plan that this is the song we want to push and this is the one that I'm feeling, but people feel otherwise. And it happens like that in so many times. 
So many, 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 many. And I'll tell you, even Osalida, it wasn't even supposed to be like on the promo. It was one of those songs that we recorded and then it was like, okay, you know what? I'm feeling this song. Like, can we put it there? Like, ah, no, it's I fuck up. And then we put it there and then everybody just like warms up to it. In the 20 years, what mistakes did you make? Mm. Sometimes you trust people to handle things for you because you feel like they can do things the best way for you, but they disappoint you. And then, you know, how do you recover? Because you've put your trust in an individual to handle your business, to handle your finances, and then you wake up one morning and, hey, you got nothing. So sometimes you get into it thinking, these are the right people I'm working with. This is the right person I'm working with. And then they disappoint you. You've got nothing. So I've always believed that your passion should supersede your love for the money. Because for me, that's what has kept me going. Um, even when I was at my lowest, it's my passion that kept me going for the arts, for the music. Because if I was in it just for the fame and just to get the girls, you know, because they're feeling my song and then they come to your crib, they find like, oh, dude is sleeping on a mattress, just no bed, no whatever, you know, like, but you're big out there, you know, it was probably going to break me. But it's, it's, it's something that I would advise anybody out there if you are going to get into the arts, into music, or whatever it is that you want to do as a creative. Um, don't expect to rip just right there and then because uh, also the right team, the right people around you, uh, is, it's really important to have that because sometimes you wake up and you have nothing and nothing to show for. Yeah. And uh, you start questioning yourself. And am I going to stop here? Am I going to continue doing this? And for me, what kept me going or what has kept me going is the love for the arts, the love, the passion for what I do. Otherwise, I was going to give up a long time ago because I got screwed a number of times. Number of times. You know, you, you, you travel to a place and promote around away with all your money and you've got nothing in your pocket. And you got to travel from where you are. The owner of the hotel where you've slept, you know, it's time for you to check out and the bill hasn't been paid. You know, and what do you do? You know, and you're stuck. What do you do? You know, I mean, you start thinking to yourself, like, is this what I signed up for? You know, so those are some of the things that the public may not know, but you deal with it and you pick yourself up and you keep going. Okay. 20 years is a long time. Um, and in, in, in that time, others fall off. Mm. And yet here you are. Um, how, how, how do you remain relevant? How do you remain relevant? Um, it comes back to passion. Because if you're not passionate about what you do, you, you, you give up along the way. And for people like myself who have given so much to this industry to try and build it from a perspective where you're not 
getting so much in terms of sponsorship or people pumping in money into you, your brand. Uh, I mean, today we see a lot of corporates um, that will bring international artists onto the scene um, into our industry, which we've worked so hard to build, you know, because if we did not, they would not flourish. They would not actually have certain events. And um, just to take you offside a little bit, um, it's, it's also my, my plea, you know, to the corporates that, you know, embrace the arts. If you can be able to bring international artists to this country and perform alongside our own, it simply shows you what we've put in, what we've done with very little resources. And we need to have the corporates jump on board and support the arts. You know, if you're going to support an act that comes from outside Zambia and give them an X amount of money, it means... and get a local artist or three, four, five local artists to be part of that act, it should show you where we, what, what we have, what we have to offer. We need the corporates to really, really jump on board and endorse our industry, what we're doing today. We've laid down the foundation. You guys have known, you can see what we've done. So I don't think it should be about having a conversation like, okay, so what do you bring to the table? What do you whatever? Because we've already laid it on the table. You've seen what we've done, you know. And I mean, Zambian music a few years ago, let me not say a few years ago, 20 years ago was close to non-existent. You know, we had music from outside that was running our radio stations, our entertainment and everything. So the fact that we've brought it to this point where it is today should validate, you know, our, our, that conversation in you pushing money into it. So it's that, it's those conversations that, you know, we, we, we also need to start having, you know, let's bring in the corporates need to really, really, really need to invest into our into the arts, arts because you know what we bring to the table. Let's not leave out what we've already worked for. We've worked hard with so little resources, but we've brought Zambian music to where it is today. All right, our time, our time, our time is moving fast. Honest to conclude, yeah. but honest to rush through a few questions. Like number one, in the in the twenty years you've been doing music, what would you say was your favorite song to perform? Hmm. I tell you what, the very first time I, I've always considered myself a trendsetter, um, because there's a point when I was okay with just performing within Zambia. I'd, I've performed everywhere in Zambia. Name it. I've been there, and I was cool with it. But I would sit at home and flip the channel, turn on the TV, and I'm watching a South African artist or a Nigerian artist performing or doing a song with somebody from a certain country. Like, why can't we do that as well? So I figured, you know what? I need to grow my brand outside the Zambian border. And I figured, how do you do that? Collaborations. I need to get my music playing in Malawi, in East Africa, in Namibia, in South Africa, in the Far East, you know, in North America, how do I do that? Collaborations. So when I started working on my third album, the trilogy, 
there's a song we did there called Potential, and we reached out to these guys who are equally looking to spread their wings in East Africa, Radio and Weasel, who were a duo at the time. And I said, you know what? I like their style. Let's work with these guys. And we worked with them, and we created magic. You know, we did a song called Take My Heart, which today is a Zambian classic, is a classic in the whole of East Africa. Let me just say the world, because it's everywhere, you know. And for me, that was that's a milestone in my career because I was able to not just think about Zambia. I thought outside the box, let me do something that will spread my wings across the world. And for me, today, that stands out as something that one of the best decisions I ever made because it was about not just being appreciated at home, but abroad as well. Would you say that was a highlight of your career? One of my, one of the highlights, actually. Which, one of the highlights. Which, which, which one would you say was a bigger highlight? The bigger highlights? Um, for me, the biggest highlight is just being accepted as General Aussie. The fact that the very first time when people picked up my Osalila song and said, this we love and we're going to embrace this guy. We're going to place him amongst the elite. For me, that's, that was huge you just plan, to be accepted. You, you plan to retire. What, 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 do you, what do you plan to do after music? Well, um, a whole lot. A whole lot that I want to do. Um, I'm a pioneer. I'm a visionary. I'm somebody that uh, has helped kick start people's careers. So um, my resume speaks for itself, you know. And I want to help a lot of young artists today. You know, not to... Uh, you may be talented, but your ego will not get you where you want to be. Your talent will not just get you where you want to be. You have to be more than that. You have to be willing to go the extra mile. And I want to help so many younger artists today. I want to help the Zambian music industry get to the BET Awards, get to the Grammys, because it's not impossible. If our friends just in South Africa here are doing it, what's so different about us? What, what is stopping us? There's a certain level of... Uh, we need to get rid of it. We need to work on that. You know, and we need to show people that we can do it. And for the longest time, like I said, I had to change my mindset to say collaborations are possible. When I did it, everybody else started jumping on and felt like, you know what, I can actually do a collaboration. So I'm trying to change that mindset as well moving forward in trying to do shape the industry in a different form, working from a certain perspective, but still in the arts and help our industry grow. Because 20 years is a long time to just throw away when you say I'm retiring and you throw your hands in the air. Now, there's more that I can still do for this industry and there's more that I'm bringing. Looking back, what would you have done differently? Um, I don't like regrets. I appreciate everything that I've gone through because it has shaped me into what I am today. Um, I wouldn't regret anything. Um, I made mistakes in certain things, and those taught me a lot. 
they have shaped me into what I am today. Um, let's allow people to make mistakes sometimes. It okay. will it, it will show them, you know, like this is the way to go. You know, it's it's important. So you cannot protect your child from everything. Sometimes they'll get burnt. It will show them, okay, I'm not supposed to touch that because it will burn me. So for me, that's what it is. Every experience to me, I treasure that and I embrace it. It what it's what has made who General Ozzy is today. Okay. How yeah. do you intend to mark your 20 years anniversary? Music? Well, 20 years is a long time. And I'll tell you what, most of people in the arts do not get appreciated whilst they're still alive. We only get to appreciate you when you're gone. And I decided I'm not going to be one of those. And because to me, 20 years is a milestone, uh, I decided I'm going to create an event. We're going to do an event that is going to celebrate all my wins, all my losses, everything that I've gone through my 20 years and that's why we're putting together an, uh, an event which is a farewell event that is going to celebrate not just general aussie but zambian music as well from the point that i made my entry into zambian music to the point that i'm making my exit and that's why like for this particular event that we're doing uh on the 26th of august we are incorporating some of the biggest pioneers of zambian music um like mc wabuino nasty d Moses Sakala, Angela Nirenda, Slab D, Roberto, Mumbayachi, Wezi, Tilo. So we're bringing in, we're mixing the younger artists and the older artists um, in one night of Zambian music celebration from the point that I made my ex entry. Remember that. Yeah. So we're playing everything, whether it's Kalindula, gospel, Name it. We are going to be celebrating Zambian music. On the night, the policy is Zambian music strictly because we want to show people where we're coming from and where we are today, you know, where we've come from to the point where we are. And it's basically not just about celebrating my career. Hence, I decided to carry along the people that I feel have also contributed largely to what we call Zambian music today. All right. Someone who's retiring, what five things would you say to the younger crop of musicians now? What would you say is your parting is, away message? Is, is the five because of a five-star general? Oh, no. <laughs> no, five is just something that we do on the podcast. <laughs> what five things would you say? Yeah, it goes well with that. What five things would you say to them? Oof. Um, what five things would I say? Um, I would say believe in your craft, but... Do not be egocentric about it. Uh, that's one. Two, always seek counsel where you're not sure. And I can assure you, most of these big names you see out there are ready to share that counsel. You know, they are there to share it willingly without making you pay. You know, um, three... Um, make music that will last a lifetime. Don't make bubblegum music just to fit in. Because 
you make a record today, two weeks later, you'll be back in the studio trying to make another record to keep your relevance going. For um, respect those that have actually laid down the foundation because you're able to do what you're doing today because there's somebody that decided, let me experiment with this sound. And that's why today you can be able to build on what they did. Five, be you. Don't get swayed by what's, what they call trends these days. Oh, this is what's trending. Oh, face nine and Ipangeko beat ya so. You will lose yourself because you will not know in the next three, four, five months who you truly are because you you try you're just trying to fit in with what everybody is doing and if we ask you honestly what are you doing you don't know you just say oh I, i'm trying to ride with the trend you know you've just jumped on that trend train that you do not know where it will lead you to and when we you probably will have lost two years of your career because you are trying to follow trends and when we go back we find out like ah but he used to make goo or he or she used to make better music then and look at what, what they're making now. So that's one thing I've learned. You know, I, there's a point when I equally wanted to just follow the trend and I kind of like lost myself. I didn't know what I was doing, who I was. And because there are certain people just around you who feel like, mm, and then you end up making that because you're trying and you realize you're not that, you know, like, People don't know you for that, and you lose your fans because of that. So I think that would be five for me. All right. Yeah. Thank you, General Ozzy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Congratulations on 20 years in, in music. I appreciate um, it. So do you have the, the details in terms of where the event will be? Well, the event is taking place at the Music Club on the 26th of August. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you definitely have to come yeah, through. Okay. Yeah. Um, and where the event starts at 18 hours um charges are 200 kwacha ordinary 500 kwacha vip I are believe. you guys going to do what they do these days where general oz will show up at zero one what Hell yeah because no. i mean I've, I've, I've seen that and that's why i don't I, I don't do music functions really i feel like they don't respect people's time really because you find that, uh, mm. an event is on is on is on sunday for example mm -hmm. and the main act shows up at zero two at ma on monday yeah, on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Early hours. <laughs> you know? No. Um, we, I'm, I'm one person who has always respected my time. And this, for this particular event, like I said, doors open at 18 hours. And probably at 18.30, you'll get to see the first act on stage. So it's an event where, and I know today people respect their time. I respect people's time. Yeah. I know people prepare that. We'll probably at this be at this event until midnight. From there, we'll move and go home or go to that next place. So you will not get to see that on this particular night. It's strictly to, you know, we're going to follow our time. Everybody has been given their spot when they're going to perform. 
and everybody's going to everybody's professional everybody that we're working with is professional like myself so yeah take us don't, take don't us to the old them. days where there was order yes know? there's like, order yeah. there's definitely so, order and we cannot we cannot bring those legends and ask them to perform at zero three yeah they're tired so we'll be dozing you know wake up wake up okay no because yeah it's not used to staying up that late anymore you know yeah no we're not we're not going to have that um it's going to be on time so get your tickets on time as well for those that intend to come through to the event we don't want to have issues and stuff like oh no my ticket yasila and whatever no um and we've chosen a beautiful um venue yeah where you can come through with your friends your family well located. you know well located there's proper security proper packing um you don't have to worry about you know where did i park my vehicle no this mirror lost and whatever on my car they broke into my vehicle you don't have to worry about any of that i'll see you on the 26th of august thank and, you uh, we wish you all the best thank you very much all right